Over half of Americans are overwhelmed with anxiety, wondering when or if they will ever be able to retire. At Fike Advisors, we build a customized retirement plan. We call it our Retire ASAP plan, and we help you carry it out so you can put your mind at ease and focus on the things that matter most to you and your family. If you need help with your retirement plan, if you don't have a retirement plan or you're looking for an advisor, go to our website, retireasapshow.com. That's retireasapshow.com and click the schedule now button in the top corner. That is your best way to get in contact with us because you can schedule a free 20-minute conversation with me or Brad and we can talk about how we can get you retired as soon as possible. That's retireasapshow.com retireasapshow.com and click the schedule now button today. It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show. My name is Taylor Fike and today we have a really interesting topic. Now, Brad, my co-host, what do we talk about today? A subject that uh, I have... um indulged in for a good period of my past and um i get very depressed talking about it he's very you can even hear it in his voice the the disdain he has for this type of a topic but it's a really important topic it is and so therefore it does need to be discussed and i'm willing to uh to go there today with you but uh don't make this a regular habit right but but we are talking about health care, health insurance, I should say. Health insurance. Now, you have some experience. You say you were you were in the health insurance business for a long, long time. Yeah, probably um, early half of the 80s through the early 2000s. Employee, I did, uh, as a side business, uh, health insurance, individual health insurance, Medicare uh, health insurance uh, for uh, people who turn 65 or older, long-term care insurance, uh, and the employee benefit piece was group health plans. So I did that for a long time. Then I brought somebody in to run it because it was just a very negative business. And it's a negative business for a couple of reasons. One, people have claims and claims don't always get paid like they should be. It's way better today than it was back through those periods of times because it was a it was sometimes you were pulling teeth to get a claims paid. And the second piece of the uh, depressive world there is that premiums always go up. They never go down. They don't stay the same. They always go up. So you're dealing with two negatives. Claims aren't getting paid and my cost is always going up. This stuff stinks. I hate it. And that was my phone calls all the time. Nobody ever, you know, called me and cheered me on for whenever their uh, premium went up, you know, a dollar for a year and they, you know, got a million dollar claim paid. I never got any of those phone calls. Well, that's weird. I can't believe nobody gave you so much praise for, you know, a business like that. I feel I feel like most Americans are just so positive that if they get any sort of benefit whatsoever, they just want to praise and give hugs and high fives. That's, just, that's our culture these days, right? Yeah. And to be straight up, I never got the box of chocolates from anybody. Never, of- ever, ever, ever. <laughs> no. Now, on the other end of the spectrum in the in the financial world that's not all health insurance that we just touch on this topic, it's a little bit different, right? People actually appreciate when you help them out a little bit. On I this have stuff. got a box of chocolates there. That's, now, see, that, that, now that makes sense why you're no longer in that business. Yeah. And so if you go back historically, though, this, is, this has been the issue in the United States is, you know, everybody argues about whether we should have socialized health care or we, whether we should not. And... Um, one of the problems and why healthcare is so expensive is 
nobody has a solution. Nobody has a real solution that solves the issue. You got physicians and hospitals, healthcare providers, let's just use that, healthcare providers in general who try, have to make a living doing this. And then you have the general public who has to make it affordable. And so the government wants to interject and go in and go, well, we're going to make this all happy place. But the government doesn't know how to do it. And there's so much lobbying going on in Washington, D.C. for each party. You got hospital associations, physician associations, you got, you know, ARP and all these other uh, nonprofits that are in there fighting for health care. The problem is there is no simple solution. We have top quality health care in the U.S., I mean, it's really top quality. You can get in if you have a heart problem, you can get in tomorrow and get it done or even today where if you get into socialized health care, then you start getting into, you know, is is it as efficient as it is the way, you know, we have the more free system? Right. And and like you say, that there is no clear answer yet because it's such a complicated problem. I feel like, and this is politics in general, and we're not a political podcast, but we can touch on this idea because it, it spans across everything that we do, whether it's finance, whether it's personal life, whether it's healthcare. You know, this, there's every problem out there where we would like to just say it's a black and white solution. Oh boy, now we're talking politics and I used uh, black and white. I don't know if that's a good way to use that not right now. Not a good time in to these say times. That. But either way, they, they want a cut and dry solution. They want, they want something that says, this is going to solve our problem and make it simple. The problem is it's so complex. We're working with millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people across the United States who have different lives, different situations, different family setups, and we want one solution for all of it. And that's a problem because there is no one size fits all for people. People are messy, so you're going to have a messy solution. And unfortunately, yes, the healthcare system now is really just a cloudy mess when it comes to this stuff. I, when, we, when I've done a lot of research on the healthcare side of things, when I wrote the book Healthcare Before Medicare, when I did that research, it's like there's no good, clear answers to anything. And everything is you know, subject to change depending on who's in office at the time, whether it's one party or the other or one individual belief or the other. So all of this stuff that even what we talk about today, if you're listening to this podcast six months from now after the election, it's all subject to change. You know, these things are they're they're so crazy because there isn't an easy sound solution to this. Yeah. And it's all because of cost. The whole thing is really cost. And uh, Hillary, under Bill Clinton, they had Hillary Care, which was in 92. They tried to get through, and it did not go through. And what was amazing is how uh, my renewals on my employer plans had zero and negative renewals. In other words, their premium either stayed the same or went down during Hillary Care. So that during that 92 period. So it was a, it was a, there was, okay, there was a bright moment in my past. That was a beautiful day. It was one year when everyone wasn't complaining. And what they did is they went to college educated academics to solve the healthcare issue. They never once called on guys like us, uh, brokers, back in then we were called uh, health insurance brokers. They never called on any of us that had boots on the ground in the streets, you know, fighting for the actual guy and gals, but nobody ever asked uh, any of us how we felt about it. It was all an academic approach, which failed miserably because it wasn't, it didn't have any hands on, it was all done by research. So 
you need boots on the ground to give you your input. And nobody from the government ever asked for that. They they go to the smarter world, which is okay. I don't disagree with that. But you still need to get the people that are in the trenches that can tell you exactly what might might not work. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's a mix. You know, we, we want the academic perspective. We need the numbers and the statistics and the research, but you also need yes. the experience. You need the experience of people, you know, not not to say that all academics are stuck in their ivory tower, but that's the stereotype, right? And we think that the solution to some of these things is, oh, we just need to get all the numbers and the data together. Well, yeah, you need numbers and data, and then you mix that with experience and you find a happy medium somewhere in there. It's called street common sense sometimes that's more powerful than the book. All that to say, Brad Fike 2020. What do you want to know? No, well, 2020. Well, are, are you running for president? You have all the solutions over I here. I think I might be the best candidate for the uh, job. It, will you list yourself as, you know, previous financial yogi? I probably... Uh, or yoga. I, I think I'm, you know, I truly am going to change my link in, LinkedIn to financial yoga. Y-O dash guy. Oh, there you go. Does that sound good? I feel like yogi is the official term, but I, you know, of I all people, know. of all people to change the term, it would be you. Yeah, financial yogi. You're, and that's all I'm going to put in there. <laughs> so when people see my name, they're going to go, "What is a financial yoga?" You are a trendsetter. I, I'm helping people with financial flexibility in their life. How much more do you want? There you go. Well, anyway, I know that we got off on a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, today what we're talking about is healthcare, and specifically. We're talking about our retire ASAP process and all the different things that we can run into, the, the hurdles and things of that nature. One of the biggest things, if you want to retire early, that you run into is the healthcare cost. Because in most cases, and almost every listener here, unless they're self-employed and have a, a special situation, but almost every listener here has their healthcare through an employer plan. They have their employer who pays 50% of their healthcare costs plus all the administrative or fees. Or any percent thereof. Or any percent thereof, but a ton of your... Of ton of your healthcare costs they're paying for you it could be all of it and in some cases it's it's a massive benefit to you and you don't realize it because it's kind of this thing that goes on in the background you see a little deduction out of your paycheck and you see how much goes into your healthcare and I shouldn't say little cuz it's still hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month for you and your family but yet when if you were to see the full force of that cost it's a little scary and so the second you retire let's say if you retire at 55 well, you don't qualify for Medicare, which is the government's version of health insurance uh, for retirees. You don't qualify for Medicare until 65. So you have to find something to fill the gap between when you're with your employer all the way up until you qualify for Medicare. And for many, many people, that could be the one hurdle they can't get over because they haven't done any planning around it. They haven't done any thinking around it, and they don't have enough savings to make it work. And so what I want to touch on today, just real quick before we get started, we are not health insurance experts by any means. We refer all health insurance business out to somebody else. You know what I mean? We don't really know the ins and the outs. What we do know is enough to be dangerous. So I'll put this disclaimer out here. We're, we're financial advisors at Fike Advisors, but on this podcast, we're simply giving some helpful education and hints. We're not going to be giving you any specific details that we want you to put into action today. You need to talk to an expert. So you need to talk to a health insurance broker or an agent or whatever they're calling them these days. You need to talk to your health insurance person and ask for actual details. I can give you generalized numbers that are just estimates in my mind. They may not even be close to what the reality is. So make sure that you're talking to a professional, whether it's the HR person at your work that you may be retiring from or a health insurance agent, or whether it's a, uh, 
healthcare.gov employee or someone that you're talking to uh, on the healthcare marketplace because we cannot give that kind of numbers or those kind of advice that you can really make actions off of. But we can give you some general information that might be helpful. So I want to touch on this. So people, Brad, people, what they uh, run into is they retire, let's say, we'll just use the magic number of 55 because that sounds like a great time to retire, right? 55, they want to retire, they want to hang it up, and then they come in to our office, we go through an entire financial plan, and then we say, okay, so have you looked into the cost of healthcare? Do you have any idea what that runs for someone around age 55 anymore? Uh, Well, it keeps going up regularly, I guess. Um, But one more disclaimer in there before we go to that is that if you're disabled, then, of course, you're going to be able to get on Medicare before 65. So we're not talking about people that are on disability or collecting uh, SSDI or anything like that. So anyhow, uh, when I, when somebody comes in at 55, 60, 58, 62, I don't care what age it is. It's all, it's all the same issue is, do you have healthcare to continue with? Most of them, 90% of them will say no. If they work for a small employer, 20 employees or less, there's no Cobra option for them. If they work for a larger employer, that has 20 or more, they can get COBRA. So the discussion goes to, well, now you need an individual coverage for you and your spouse or just you or whatever the situation might be. And so again, like you said, we always refer it to two or three different people that we have connections with that are specialists in that area. Your advisor, your attorney, your accountant, somebody, find even your car and homeowners insurance guy, find somebody that knows somebody that's reputable in that business. There's not a lot of them left. It has been a destructive business in the sales representative end of it. If you get to 65 and over, there's tons of them out there to mm-hmm. sell those products. But anyhow, back to your question, if I'm 55 or whatever age, we're going to use 55 in this example, and I'm going to retire, you're probably for a couple and we're talking somebody in really good health because, of course, health issues are going to dictate how much premium you're going to pay as well, as well as your income is going to dictate premium. But uh, I would say you're going to be anywhere in the twelve to $1,500 a month. And we're talking in this area, rural Ohio. Right. Cities could be different. And that all is kind of part of the complexities of the healthcare network right now. And so you're absolutely right. It's a massive expense. If you're talking $1,500 a month, most people who may be in their late 50s looking at their social security estimate, they're looking at that and going, that's all of my social security benefit going right into healthcare. I don't even get to use any of that to live off of. But then again, you don't qualify for social security until you're at least 62, if not older. And so now you're going, wait a second, if I retire early, I have to have $1,500 a month saved up within some sort of investment or portfolio or some sort of retirement plan that I'm going to be using to be able to pay this. This is a massive expense. Yeah. And it's a drain on your assets and it's a heavy drain. It really is. Think about that number. That's a big number. And that's a high deductible plan. If you want really Cadillac coverage, you're going to pay way more than that. I'm talking high deductible HSA type plan with a drug card. Right. And so we're not talking about like small expenses here. We're talking about major retirement expenses. And for most people, this can be the deciding factor as to whether or not they can actually pull the trigger on an early retirement. So I want to give you a couple of things here that the different alternatives that you have to health insurance before you qualify for Medicare. And so one of the biggest ones, and I'll touch on this one, is going to be your COBRA option. And like Brad had said earlier, you don't always qualify for COBRA depending on the type of business you work for. If it has less than 20 employees, they don't have to offer something like this. 
But what COBRA is, is it's a law that was put into place that allows employees that once they retire or if they are laid off or let go from work, they have 18 months that they can participate in their previous employer's health care plan. The only problem is they have to pay 100% of the premium and a lot of times the administrative costs, which ends up being a massive amount. If they're used to paying $350 a month, all of a sudden they're now paying $700 plus a month just to have their health care coverage. Now, when you retire, $700 a month may actually be something more affordable than alternative options. It is an, it is an option out there, but COBRA may or may not be the way to go because it's a limited time period. It only lasts for 18 months. So what's your experience been with anyone that takes COBRA? Have you had anybody that you've worked with like that? I would say unless you have major health conditions, most people do not take COBRA because it is a little pricier. If you get into employer plans, they have more mandated benefits, which are government-required coverages that an individual policy may not have. So you're going to have higher premiums to that. So most of the cases, uh, we tell people that if they have COBRA available, check the COBRA premium. Contact one of our uh, health people. We give them two or three names that are in that business and get some price quoting from different carriers and different agents even. And that way you'll know the marketplace. And if you need to bring it in, then they usually come in and we sit down and talk through it. A lot of times, uh, though, our health agents that we are connected with are very good at explaining. I really have full faith in them. So uh, usually they come back in and go, Here's the premium. Yes, I had sticker shock like you told me, but here's my premium. So now let's start the planning process. Right. And that's huge. And so when they go talk to these agents, then the second option, if they if they don't decide to go with Cobra, when they're talking to these agents, what are they quoting them on? That's going to be a quote straight from healthcare.gov, correct? In most cases, that's where they start. Yes. I think that uh, it, now if you're a small employer, self-employed guy, I've had guys who retire from their employer and start their own business. They can go and join join some of these um, chamber of commerce plans, mm -hmm. a cozy plan out of Cleveland. I mean, they're all over the country. And if you're a one person, sometimes you can get a little group plan for your husband and wife as long as you legitimately have a business. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's where you're at. And the healthcare.gov website is a really interesting tool because it's all been kind of this craziness that's happened since around 2010-ish, 2008-2010, when some of this stuff was all put into place. But the healthcare.gov website is a really interesting tool because what it does is it will quote you on whatever your situation is. But what healthcare.gov guarantees is that there's a subsidy for low-income people so that everyone can qualify for healthcare without any deny. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to always be able to afford healthcare, but what they're saying is, based off of your income, the government will give you a subsidy or give you a lesser premium. They'll pay part of your premium for you because they feel like they're going to be able to help you out to get the healthcare coverage you need. So the really interesting part of this is that depending on your income, when you go into the healthcare marketplace, you can put in your income and say you're going to be earning in retirement $35,000 a year, or you may be earning $90,000 a year, depending on what your investments are looking like, what kind of lifestyle you live. But I can compare those two incomes and look at the exact same policy, and the person who earns $90,000 a year pays more for the same type of coverage. And that's all based off of subsidizing from the government. And so when we look at these things, it starts to paint a very different picture for those of you who are getting into the, the healthcare marketplace, because now if we can control your income, that allows us to pay less premium. Have you had any experience with that? Controlling income, you mean? To lower premium on healthcare. Yeah, I think you got to look at uh, how their assets are set up at that point. And, and if you're going to retire, you're no longer drawing an income. And... Uh, 
going forward, you need to get on that uh, healthcare.gov and go, well, I need to lower my income as much as possible. How am I going to do it? I think that is critical in retiring. And that's part of our retire ASAP program is, is making sure that we try to keep that taxable income as low as possible. Right. And we talk a lot about this in the Retire ASAP book, which is available on Amazon, but I go into some pretty good detail within another book that I wrote called Healthcare Before Medicare. And that book is also available on Amazon. But what that book talks about in You're detail... You're quite the book writer. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I did put some things together. But that book in general, the reason we have to go into a lot of details because it's a very complex system. Um, the, the healthcare subsidy is based off of one income, but also the area you live. So if you have a high cost of living in your area, the healthcare premiums might be higher than if they were in a low cost uh, living area. So here, like you say, in rural Wayne County, it may be cheaper for the exact same policy that someone could buy in Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, we have very limited access. Right. Okay, you remember each county at least around here, our counties, sometimes you only have one or two insurance company options. Right. And uh, so that's what, you know, the Affordable Care Act took away competition because it created some biases as to what insurance companies could allow with specific providers. So there's a lot of battlement here between providers and insurance companies. And so what happens is insurance companies just bail out. They'll go, I'm leaving Wayne County. We're in Wayne County, Ohio. Mm. I'm leaving Wayne County. I'm not even going to operate there anymore. So there is a consumer. Now you go into healthcare.gov and you go, oh, wow, I got two options. This is real competitive. Some places only one option. You know, in some counties you just have one guy. So it's like, well, I guess I only have one option to choose from here. So it's a very interesting system. And so there's there are some ways to legally play the game of healthcare. And like Brad was saying, it comes down to controlling income. And we'll talk about this in a future episode when we talk about tax planning and how we design income plans and things of that nature. But really, in simple purposes, if you have a Roth IRA and you draw money out of your Roth IRA for your income, that is tax-free income. You already paid the taxes on it up front. It grows tax-free. Anything withdrawn down the road during your retirement time, as long as it's within certain periods, you know, we got to look at some of those details of, you know, are we going to be penalized for early withdrawals and things of that nature. But if you're taking money out of that Roth IRA and it's following all the rules, it's tax-free income. And that doesn't show up on the bottom line of what income you have for healthcare insurance. So when we start looking at some of that stuff, we go, okay, what if we have $30,000 of taxable income, but then we have another $20,000 a year of tax-free income? Well, the only income that they care about is the $30,000 of taxable income. So if we can control your income by having it in certain types of tax benefit investments, then we can make sure that we can get you a lower health care premium, which could get you retired earlier. Now, there's other things, too, of where do you live? We talk about that uh, you know, that idea, too. Some places, if you're a person who's going to be living in a RV or you're going to be having multiple homes across the country, which one do you count as your primary residence? Because where your primary residence is, that's where you qualify for your insurance. Maybe you want to have your primary residence in a place that has lower insurance quotes for a few years. And then you can change that down the road when you qualify for Medicare. There's just a lot of different pieces and complexities to it that we go over in the book that we'll never be able to get all the way deep into in the podcast. But you got to be thinking about all this stuff because there's just so many things right and left. That's correct. And I I tell you, one of the real critical uh, issues I see when people come in is that they've worked uh, maybe in in a decent wage, high income wage for 
four to six months of a year and decide they're going to retire, let's say August 1. Now all of a sudden we have high income and you're going to go look for health insurance and you're going to get jammed because you have this high income and you may not have Roths at that point. So if you don't have any Roths at that point, then you got to start planning ahead and you may get jammed on premiums for a year or two. But one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is if you are going to retire early, first of all, you should have been discussing this with some kind of advisor prior to, but before you go to the health insurance agents, you need to have this conversation with your financial advisor because they're going to help you design income so that prior to you may not get stung at that hot moment when you retire. Because it truly is, if you don't think ahead, it is sticker shock when that day arrives. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Retiring early doesn't just happen. You don't just show up your financial advisor's doorstep at 55 and say, okay, I'm ready to retire this year. It's not... It's well, not, it has happened. Well, that does happen. <laughs> not, well, don't get me wrong. I've had that conversation, but it's not that easy. Because a lot of times in those conversations go, well, it's already too late for us to do any planning. So here's what your situation is going to be. We have a, you know, you painted yourself into a corner. This is your only option if you want to retire right now. Now, you come into your financial advisor's office at 45 and say, I want to retire in 10 years. That's a lot of flexibility. You know, you say, I, you come into the financial advisor's office at 50, say, I want to retire in 10 years. That's a lot of flexibility within designing a plan. doesn't mean we're going to get it all perfectly the way that you have it pictured in your head, but we have a lot more room to figure out something that we can do ahead of time, whether it's Roth conversions or making sure that we're going to pick the right date for retirement so that's all beneficial tax-wise. We got to make sure all those details are in order ahead of time. You can't just show up and say, I want to retire in a month. Here's all my stuff. Now get me my health care and my tax-free income and let's go. It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of complexity to it. Did you use the term flexibility earlier? Like financial yoga? Yeah, it's almost like I need a yoga to help me out. Yoga right here. Anyhow. Oh, that, you're uh, going to have a popular LinkedIn profile. A lot of traffic to that profile. But you are correct. I mean, if you're going to retire early, if you're thinking about it, you should be minimum two to three years ahead planning this to do it right. Otherwise, you are paid, you are in the corner. You're backed into the corner and you may get stung on the healthcare costs Absolutely. just for a little while until you can get things rearranged and made where you want it. All right. And then the last piece of this, and you're, you're right, the last piece of all this puzzle, uh, and maybe not the last piece, but another piece, I should say, and the one that we'll end on here, uh, another option for you for healthcare before um, Medicare is going to be a care share plan. And this isn't for everybody. I got to say that. These have been in existence for, for a while now, but what they are is they're, the, the simple term is they're a Christian ministry network that will share the cost of medical um, expenses within the network. And so you can join this network and you can opt out of insurance and they have, they've been written the law that you can opt out of the insurance with no penalties or anything like that tax wise, but you can opt into their network and you can choose to, they have very similar setup to what an insurance company has. They're going to have a monthly amount you have to pay in like a premium and you're going to have a deductible or a monthly amount that you're responsible for. They can't call them those things because they're not technically insurance companies, but they have these different things. What they do is they put all the network's money grouped into a pot and then as you have to pay medical expenses, they pay it out of the group's pot in the middle that has everything together. So it's an interesting style. Now the nice thing about it is that they're a nonprofit network. So the the cost of something like this is extremely low. And if you're here in Wayne County, there's a, a major one. One of the biggest ones in the nation is over in Barberton. Um, Christian Healthcare Ministry, I believe it's called. They're they're amazing. They do great work. I just talked, actually my neighbor works there. 
He said they paid out over $6 billion in medical expenses for their entire network nationwide last year. And so that can be something that you can get involved in too, because what they do is because they're a care share plan, they have a couple of different um, abilities that most insurance companies can't don't have. One, they can deny people into their network. Because they're a faith-based organization, if you don't want to sign their faith covenant, which mentions things like you're not going to abuse drugs or alcohol, that you, you know, you're going to, you know, treat your body like a temple, things that you're going to find in the Bible that they're going to say, these are, you know, things that we believe in as a network. If you don't agree with these, if you don't sign this covenant, we can't have you within the network. So a lot of healthier people are a part of this network or people that are working to be healthier, as well as if they can deny you to be a part of the network for certain health uh, issues. If you have a major surgery issue that might be coming up, or you have a certain health, uh, health condition that is going to cost the network substantially more for you than regular members of the network, it ends up having uh, keeping the network costs extremely low. So for this doesn't work for everybody, but what it does work really well for is normally healthy people, they can get extremely low cost insurance, sometimes a third of the cost of what you can find it on the healthcare.gov website. And it's amazing that you can find that, but it does, you do have to jump some hurdles to get into something like that. Yeah. And that one you're specifically talking about has been around forever. I mean, I can remember way back in the late eighties, early nineties of, of hearsay of that. And the issue back then was that nobody could really think that it was ever going to work, but it has worked. It sustained itself and the cost of healthcare has probably helped them to grow and properly managed and a run organization. So I think it's a viable option today where I would have said uh, 30 years ago, no. Yeah, I, t- I tell our clients if they are naturally healthy and they don't have any issue with signing a faith-based covenant, it's one of the best options out there. But it doesn't fit everybody. You know, if you have, let, let's say, uh, I talked to the one representative from not the one in Barberton, but a different company. He said, you know, it's not great for people with diabetes in our program. He goes, because we will have different sort of prescription costs for someone like that. They're going to pay higher costs for their insulin on our program than they would on a different insurance program. He goes, so there's certain types of healthcare conditions that just don't fit well into our network. And he says, you know, we're working on those types of things. We want to eventually be able to include all that. And to the point to where we're not hurting the rest of our network by having other members of the network taking the majority of the portion in the in the pot. But you know, it's a it's an interesting concept for healthy people who are looking for a low cost option. It might be the way to go to do one of those care share plans. And I talk again. I know I keep mentioning this, but I talk a lot about this stuff in the book because this isn't something that you can just throw it all into this podcast and have all the answers. There's a lot of different pieces and parts that you need to look into. So if you are interested in that book, it's on Amazon. It's called Healthcare Before Medicare, uh, Three Strategies to Retire Early Without High Cost Healthcare. So it's got an orange cover on it. You can check that out. The, the link will be in the show notes below. But that is an option for you to, to get a little bit more detail on this. And then as well as you can always give us a call um, at Fike Advisors. We're taking on new clients here in the office. If you need some help with your financial plan, getting things organized, getting in contact with someone who knows about health insurance and can help you get a good sound quote, need help des- designing an income plan so that you have good information to take to that health insurance agent. Whatever it is, we can help you with that. The easiest way to get in contact with us is to click the Schedule Now button in the top right corner of our website. So if you go to fikeadvisors.com, that's fikeadvisors.com, click the Schedule Now button in the top right corner, that's going to be able to get you scheduled on our calendar, have a free phone call with us so we can see if we can help you out along your way to getting an early retirement. Yeah, I think that's uh, good stuff. And uh, the Healthcare Before Medicare book is very helpful. 
written by Taylor Fike himself. So uh, pretty proud of you on that one. It's got uh, my picture on the back. Yeah, me. I saw that. Where's Ooh. my picture in there? You well, know? he didn't write it. So maybe you need an inside uh, support statement from Financial Yo Guy. Fi- oh what my goodness! Could, yeah, your next I need. Book, can what I do they call those? The 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 little endorsements. Endorsement. I need your endorsement by Brad Fike, Financial Yo Guy. Financial Yo Guy. That would be awesome. Stay tuned to the future LinkedIn for uh, myself here. It'll soon say Financial Yo Guy. Yo Guy. So hey guys, uh, we're gonna continue this series in the next couple weeks. Our next podcast will be a couple weeks from now. We're gonna continue the series. We're gonna talk about a new topic, and it's gonna be all about trying to plan around taxes within your portfolio. And so that's going to be a really interesting conversation. We'll be talking about Roth conversions, tax-free income, do annuities fit into some of these situations? What do we need to do to build a good, solid, diverse income in retirement to make sure that your money lasts as long as possible? So that'll be our next episode. It'll be really interesting. We'll need your wisdom on this one, Financial Yoga. We'll be pushing Financial Yoga, which is financial flexibility in your life. I'm thinking we need to start a Facebook Live of you doing financial yoga, whatever the heck that is. Oh, it's interesting. And that people can join in with your financial yoga class. Yeah, do you I just like, start a class. Do you just take dollar bills and fold them up into weird positions? Like, is it the kind well, of like, I teach them how to make uh, statues and stuff out of dollar bills. Oh, and then you origami. twist them around. What are those little robot guys that used to turn in the cars? Transformers. Or, yeah, I, I'm like a financial transformer. Actually, I might be able to get that in my terminology here as well. Stay tuned for future issues. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we're glad that you guys were able to be part of this. Now, you can uh, check us out on our website or uh, for more podcast information, or you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast. And we would really appreciate it if you leave a uh, rating and a review. So you can click you know, one to five stars. If you're not impressed with Brad's jokes, you can click a lower star if you think he's hey now if you think he's hilarious and this information is really helpful click five stars because that really gets us to the top of the page when people are searching for financial stuff and you can share this with family and friends so it's a real simple thing you probably got this by email or you can just send the link uh, of our website on the podcast page you can send that to anybody they can have access to this episode and any episode previously this is a great way to get this information out. if you felt it was helpful for you there's probably someone in your life that would find this helpful too so we're just trying to help as many people as possible possible. And if you want to help get the word out, we would really appreciate it. So we'll talk to you guys here in the next couple of weeks. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.